Hello everyone and welcome to Locked On Flames. Everything is bigger than Texas and let's hope the Flames offense follows through with that sentiment and find out who your Flames to watch are ahead of tonight's standoff against the one and only Dallas Stars here on Locked On Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm your host, Jess Belmost, and thank you so much for making the Locked on Flames podcast your first listen of every day. I'm Jess Belmosto of the Metropolitan Riveters public relations team and, of course, blogging about the NHL throughout many different websites and, of course, your host of Locked on Flames. And make sure that you find us wherever you are getting your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Things probably sound and look a little different on your end today because of technical difficulties with our normal platform. So thank you so much for sticking around. Make sure that you are subscribed and getting Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. Free 99 on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Audible, YouTube, and we love having you here. So thank you so much. And of course, today's flame of the day is Island Margarita. Because even though it is the dog days of winter, we are still daydreaming about that warmer weather. And what else are we daydreaming about? (laughs) The Calgary Flames loss against the Dallas Stars back in November. It was a 4-3 overtime loss in Calgary, which is quite unfortunate. But I wanted to take a look back at that game and kind of see where the team was at as a whole and what might have gone wrong and there were a couple things that I was able to pinpoint so number one the offense was still there you know three goals not bad you know that's obviously an average of 20 goals or (laughs) one goal per 20 minutes so uh you know that's you're still doing pretty well there and then of course It was still early in the season when they were still shaking off the dust, getting into that groove, and finding chemistry with their new teammates and line mates. So I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt there. I understand things happen, you know, that's life, as Frank Sinatra says, but, uh, you know, what what is not (laughs) good were the four trips to the penalty box. There were four penalties, and... That is just unacceptable, considering the majority of them were for things that uh, were avoidable. So, you know, this team has come wavelengths and miles in terms of, uh, you know, being disciplined and not playing like that anymore. So I think that it's safe to say we're going to, we've moved past that behavior. You know, we've... uh, We've trained this team to not, (laughs) I say we've trained them as if it's like potty training or something, but, you know, they've conditioned themselves to really be a more disciplined and a stronger team when it comes to controlling their tempers. But losing in overtime is never really acceptable or okay, but I, I can look past this because, like I mentioned, it was still early in the season and they... We're finding that groove on top of 
you know, getting to know those teammates and figuring out the chemistry. And it's... At that point of the season, it had only been like 20-something games. So it's a long way from 41 from where they are at now. And November was a fantastic month for the Flames. It's not like I can pinpoint this as like the downfall of their season or anything like that. You know, I think that, um, you know, November was great to the Flames. It was the month of having the best goalie tandem in the league. It was the month of just really... finding themselves and regaining that identity of a confident and comfortable team and it's been quite the journey since then and it's uh, really nice to watch so good for them and my biggest takeaway heading into tonight's game is of course going out there and not repeating those same mistakes that you made against this team in November You don't want to be taking those unnecessary penalties. You don't want to be taking, uh, you know, giving them that man advantage. You really want to be playing at your full strength at all time. And, you know, fingers crossed for (laughs) everything else that could possibly go wrong. But I would just like to hope and assume that they will come out on top offensively the way you know, the same way that they attempted to in this game. And coming up next, we are going to talk about three ways to win. And is putting on a strong offensive performance the only way that you can win games against a team like Dallas? And I will answer that for you coming up next. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious tasting protein protein bar that you need to get through your long days. I carry one on me in my backpack because I'm back on campus and I need my fuel and Built Bar is that delicious snack that keeps me going, keeps me full and keeps my brain powered with their delicious tasting protein bars that are covered in 100% chocolate that you can get at a discounted price when you use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Built.com is a fantastic website and a great way to try out all the different flavors you know and when you order you can sign up for their newsletter to find out about all those limited time flavors and see if one of your favorites is coming back or if there's a new one that you're excited to try so head on over to build.com today and use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off of your next purchase thank you so much for listening to locked on flames Let's keep this conversation going on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Well, there are more than three ways to win a game. Like the saying, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Uh, that Growing up, I didn't realize how graphic that saying was. And <laughs> there's more than three ways to win a game here. And I can head into a game like tonight with the utmost confidence, the way that I could not say a year ago. And it's been about two years since I've started watching the Flames, and I think that they have just done a full 180 in that time frame, and it's quite exciting to look at them and see that difference and to watch these little bad news bears turn into a playoff contending team. (laughs) So with that, let's talk about how we can really... uh, 
sell this game and make sure the Flames walk away from tonight's game with 50 points. And that's making them take penalties, okay? Now, I'm not saying go out there and pull a LeBron James and flop around and cause an embellishment penalty. Nothing like that. But they do have a penalty kill ranked 25th in the league with a 75.6%. So I would say it's safe to bet that you could more than likely score on their penalty kill. Now, am I saying go out there and make them draw penalties? Like, you know, force it? No, 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 no. Don't don't be a silly goose like that. Don't do that. But, you know, kind of... For <laughs> I'm just, like, contradicting myself. But, you know, if you see an opportunity, maybe push the envelope there. Maybe... Maybe do that just a little bit. And I think that, you know, having a penalty kill ranked that low is obviously concerning if it's your team. But if you're an opponent, it's great. You know, even if it's just like a penalty that they take on their own <laughs> and you're not out there uh, with an Oscar-worthy performance, you still have that advantage. And I think it will be, uh, you know, much easier to deploy a power play unit <laughs> against this team versus one that's obviously ranked a little higher. And this team is coming in off of uh, winning five of their last six games. They have strength up and down the roster when it comes to scoring. So you're going to have to play defense. And I'm not just talking about your three pairs of defensemen. Your two-way forwards are really going to have to step it up tonight. I think that that is very fair to say, and I think that it is very, uh, <laughs> it is a very realistic expectation. Really, going forward through any point of the season, I want to kind of figure out who those strong players are. I think that you know that first line has really stepped up with their uh, two-way abilities, especially Johnny, and then you have your second line with Coleman, Backlund, and Mangiapane who are just natural-born, like, two-way players. (laughs) And they make it look so effortless. I don't understand how they do it, but they do. And I think that you can trust when that line's out there that they're they're not going to be on the ice for many goals against. And I would really like to say that they are... I mean, they're not defensemen by any means... But I think that you could, you know, suit them in, sub them in for when, you know, Good Branson and Zadorov are struggling. But that hasn't happened, and I'm hoping I don't jinx it because, dang it, I really have liked how they've been playing. But the talent is there on both teams, and I just want to see strong defense. I think that it's reasonable and very just... Expected, You know, you have to kind of manage your expectations. But at this point in the season with how strong the Flames team is and the expectation that they have set for themselves. And, you know, on top of playing a good defense, you're going to need a strong goaltender. You know, it can't just be like you're 
the goalie isn't going to leave your defense out to dry the same way that the defense cannot leave the goaltending out to drive. Um, dry, not drive. <laughs> Markstrom has to be strong. Like I mentioned, they've won five of their last six, and they just scored six goals against Boston. Granted, Boston's decor is uh, non-existent, but, uh, you know, six goals is a lot, and this team has done it as well. You know, the Flames are capable of doing that. But I would just say that, you know, wandering outside of the crease and frolicking and playing the puck outside of, uh, you know, behind the net and stuff is just out of the question tonight. It's not something that can you can risk I just I don't think that it's fair to put your team in jeopardy like that (laughs) and with the way that Markstrom has been playing I would really just like to staple him to the crease for tonight like the guys on table hockey that can only go so far but I I am confident in Markstrom I don't want anyone to get the idea that I think that he is like some sort of uh, liability because I don't think he is. I think that he has <laughs> the possibility uh, or the probability of finishing this game with a win. I Do I think it'll be his eighth shutout of the season? More than likely not. I just think that uh, Dallas is a little bit too hot for that. So, you know, I just, again, I think that Markstrom just has to be strong. There's no other way around it. And Leaving your offense out to dry is not the way to do it. So go out there and be the Markstrom that I know (laughs) we all know you're capable of being. Because Jacob Markstrom is most definitely listening to this in the locker room as we speak, you know. But coming up next, we are going to talk about the three players to watch tonight in Dallas. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Flames. Make sure that you are subscribed and getting Locked on Flames wherever you listen to your podcasts. They are free. And if you're like me, free is for me. So that's all I can. (laughs) That's my best selling point on this podcast. But tonight, the players to watch are number one. Johnny Goodrow. You know, he has had a very strong first half of this season. Let alone, he had a whole fantastic month of January with 19 points, the overtime winner on Saturday. The stakes are high for him with with the contract coming up and whatnot. I think that as he, you know, he could enter free agency, obviously, before a contract gets done or something like that. But I just, I think that he has been playing just such a fun and excellent game that, you know, even Dallas fans are probably going to be excited to watch him. But this is the first half of a back-to-back for the Flames before you know Johnny hits the All-Star break, before he hits the Vegas Strip. And this is, you know, right, like I mentioned before, we're right at the halfway point. And it's clear that the players mentioned today are holding, it, holding up their end of the bargain. Uh, and their work in the group chat or group project is being done. Sean Monahan is my second player to watch tonight because even though he's not really showing up on the score sheet, I think that he has been doing really well. And that's the thing that is misleading about hockey. You don't have to be on 
the score sheet in the last five games to be playing a good game of hockey and uh, to be worthy of praise. I think that there is this misconception with that and... I especially for people who are new getting into the sport or who don't understand advanced analytics, I think that, you know, there's just things that can't be measured on a basic score sheet the way advanced analytics does it, which I think is fantastic. And uh, you know, I think that the eye test is <laughs> pretty trustworthy as well, you know. But Sean Monahan is playing so much better than he was, you know, even since the first game against Dallas back in November. So seeing a healthy Sean Monahan tonight is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. Uh, I look forward to that, honestly. I'm, I think that it's really good to see him back out there, and it's nice to see him just kind of be playing at a healthy level again. You know, you have to feel bad for the guy, considering he has left every season in the last like five years with some sort of injury and he you know he kind of is the odd man out in a way because he should be your second line center for the money he's making but unfortunately he's just not playing up to that level and I don't think that there's a team out there at the moment that would take on his contract but uh, I do plan on talking to a few different teams or hosts I should say uh, to talk about the trade deadline because I think, you know, there there's a market for Sean Monaghan. His contract, not so much. But our third and final star to watch or player to watch is the Texas boy himself, Blake Coleman. Another player that's not showing up on the score sheet but is showing up when – it matters. Blake Coleman is just one of the most in, exhilarating exhilarating players, I think. That's probably not the word I'm looking for. But uh, just one of the best players to watch, in all honesty. I have so much fun watching him. I like what he brings to this roster. Obviously, I loved what he had in Tampa. I think that that line that he was on with uh, Gord and... What was it? Braden Point, I think, yeah, uh, was just so, so talented. And I think that he has brought a lot to this team that maybe we don't see, you know, stuff that happens off the ice. But it's really great to see this team grow into a confident just comfortable roster. And I think when you have strong leadership all around, it's going to be something that is comes naturally. But when you have winners on your team as well, and when you have someone who can just, who has something to show for themselves, you know? Like, yeah, you can talk about the LA Kings guys, but you know, that's kind of in the, a lot, you know, further in the past than the back-to-back Stanley Cup championships that Coleman has won and he had a big part in winning that and his family him and his family really wanted to come to Calgary so it's just very nice to watch him and see that he's fitting in well especially when people were really perturbed by his contract for silly reasons and 
you know, I'm happy to see that he's turning out to be the player that he is. So that is all I have for you today on Locked on Flames. Again, I'm sorry that things sound and look a little different than usual, but uh, we will be back tomorrow to talk about the game against the Coyotes. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure that you are subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Bye-bye.